Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to Raptors Flex Plus, where you know the flex already. I am your host, Kyle, and I got my boy here with me, friend of the show, Kanai. And we're here to talk some Raptors basketball, man. Welcome back to the show. Wow, I'm out here. What's up? Yes, sir, man. How you feeling today, bro? Uh, it's good. The new year. I don't think we've talked so we've uh, really connected since the new year. So, you know, happy new year and all that. A little late and shit. You know what I mean? But, you know, life is good. You know, I can't complain. Woke up this morning. Give thanks. You know what I'm saying? Done, no, done, no, done, no. Yeah. That's the important part, man. Right, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, one of the things that I've been wanting to connect with you on, I mean, you and I, we, we connected um, really quickly, like, right before the new year to talk about the OG Ananobi trade, like, the initial reactions and all those types of things. Yes, a lot sir. has happened since then, right? We've played three games. Yes, sir. Lost to the Pistons. <laughs> like, all types of things happened, yo. It's crazy in Raptor land. But I was, like, was talking about that loss. I had to, I thought that was a great podcast at the end there after they, we lost. It was very enjoyable. <laughs> oh, thank you, my friend. But you want to know what, man? I wish I never had to do it, doc. <laughs> I wish I didn't. Okay. That shit is so on brand for the Raptors, man. Frig. You know, excuse my language, but they they be they be throwing those type of games at us just to check up with real fans and stuff. It's wild, but you know. Let me ask you a question about like my theory on this, okay? And, and tell me if I'm just like wild. I think I said it on that like episode. I was yeah. saying like James Dolan probably had that trade just on the side for a couple of days, just like looking at the schedule, like yeah, I'm gonna run that on Saturday so that the Raptors are undermanned against the Pistons. Do you think James Dolan really has it in him to do something like that? I, I listen, man. One, I don't think James Dolan is that type of evil genius, though. <laughs> I, really don't, I really don't have a whole lot of faith in James Dolan's, like, you know, 4D chess game, dog. Like, his 3D oh. chess game. I don't have a whole lot of, like, faith in that, just watching him over and over. And I would love to. I really would love to blame James for that loss. But <laughs> I've been a Raptors fan for what is it now? Like since that was a nine five? Yeah, Buddy. bro. So we came in. Buddy, we we lose those games, yo. Those are games that we are just like, you know, some nobody will pop out of nowhere and have like a fifty point game on us. Like career nights are what we give away. It's our mm-hmm. gift to the NBA for whatever reason, bro. You know what I mean? So that's just on brand for the Raptors, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a thing that they do, you know. In fact, a lot of Toronto teams do that shit. I don't know why. Don't know why. <sighs> I don't know, man. But the bright side of it is that <laughs> we got Emmanuel quickly back in the yeah, trade. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We got yeah. RJ Barrett back in the trade. Yeah. And we also got a second-round pick from the Detroit Pistons of all teams, actually. So Early second-round pick. Yeah, early second round pick, exactly. Yeah. So for me personally, I've been expressing a lot of optimism with this particular team, right? Mm-hmm. I like that so far I've seen both of these guys just kind of fit seamlessly into the starting lineup. And it doesn't look perfect, right? At times mm-hmm. for me personally, I'm like, damn, like y'all are missing assignments. You don't know where players are, are supposed to be on the court at certain times when you know maybe you should have made a pass. And I understand that with time, 
those things should come, right? Yeah. So I'm feeling optimistic. We won the first two games. We lost last night to Sacramento, which we'll get to in a, in a little bit. But, like, what's your general feeling around, like, this new Raptor squad? Um, they make They make more sense than they did before the trade. I'll say that much. I think, like, the, the lineup balances out. We got a little bit more depth. I, I don't think we should be done by any chance. But I think what it does for this organization and for this team right now is gives them a sense of direction that we are building around Scotty. Um, we are building for the future, right? And if you want to be here, you're going to have to buy into that to that narrative that we are building around Scotty and we're, we're going to be developing that type of team that can play around Scotty. Uh, players that can shoot a little, you know, can shoot. I don't know if shooting's been our biggest thing and, and defend. I guess shooting has always been something that we've been coveting. We just haven't been able to get it. But, you know, players that can shoot, defend, and, you know, play off of Scotty or, you know, um, I guess benefit from Scotty and vice versa. So that that's kind of my feeling. Definitely see some kinks in it. But um yeah, I'll, I'll let you I'll let you kind of react to it as well before I really dive into like the biggest kink I see, which is yeah. Really gonna be old. yeah. So I'm actually just going to um share this for a second because I thought this was pretty interesting as yeah. well when I saw it. Um basically like we know that let's get this in the right spot here. I don't know if you oh, saw this. The, the Masai Jerry. call? Yeah. Is yeah, the new phase. Of- so for our viewers, all right? Yeah. Let's just let this play for a second. This is Masai Ujiri talking to Emmanuel quickly immediately after the trade. Just taking this thing at a new phase, a new everything, you know, like with Scotty, you know, like it's a it's an unbelievable fit with you and Scotty. This is exactly what we wanted. We're gonna arrange everything. I can't wait to see. just take it. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. This guy literally just said, Scotty, 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 Scotty. <laughs> Scotty. Oh, by the way, Scotty and some more Scotty. Yeah. So there's no question that that is the direction of the team, right? And yeah. maybe some people might feel like we're looking in, like some some Raptors fans are really looking into this and like some, some other Raptors fans are saying, well, you know, you can't really just look into that. You know what I'm saying? Like, there might have been more to the conversation that wasn't captured, all those types of things. Me personally, I think it's very, very evident that the Raptors are going to be building around Scotty Barnes. The question is, is whether Pascal Siakam is going to be a part of this team short term, like this year and maybe next year, or not part of the team at all coming up very soon, right? Yeah. So... Am I am I way off base and just assuming that based on that clip played by Masai? No, I don't think so. I thought it was very interesting too because watching that episode, the quickly call came first, and there's a disparity. There's a big difference in the way he talks to quickly and the way he talks to RJ, right? And a lot of people at first was like, "Oh, we're getting RJ Barrett." Man, RJ Barrett <clears throat> is kind of like the not for. Not because he's not a good player, but you're kind of the poison pill in the in the trade with the, this massive contract and a skill set that still needs to be developed, right? And this is, again, this is, I don't know, maybe this is James Dolan playing 3D chess where he gives RJ this huge contract and sends him home, 
to kind of sabotage us. But, you know, I don't think RJ is going to be that bad. What, from what I see from RJ for the first two games is that he's going to play extremely hard on both ends of the court, and I see him trying to make the right decisions, right? Um, there could be a little more fluidity in his, his finishing around the bucket and his moves to the bucket, I think. Sometimes I think he hesitates, and I think that's what gets him in a little bit of trouble. But um, quickly, it was interesting to me that quickly was – I didn't really understand how good Emmanuel quickly like can be. I'm not going to say that he's all the way there yet. I think stepping into a starting role is uh, is a big deal. Um, but it's definitely a guy who – I said I think I said this to you on the phone that night – who has a lot of Tyrese Maxey in him. And if Raptors fans – like Raptors fans who have been paying attention – uh, even if you just came in after the championship, we know that we had an opportunity to get an opportunity to get um, Tyrese Maxey for Kyle Lowry and I think some other pieces as well. But they may have wanted picks from us, maybe, and maybe that's why it fell through, right? So here, I guess those picks got spent on Pirtle instead, and then we get a uh, you know we get quickly out of this. But I do think quickly is an interesting uh, interesting fit. I think there's some work to be done, especially if you watch the Sacramento game last night. I, I don't know if I like that shot. I would rather rather Scotty take that yeah. shot. And I still see that as the biggest thing that they need to do direction-wise, is that they need to instill in Scotty Barnes that this is your time, your team, and we're going to live and die with you. You know what I mean? I, I was kind of disappointed to see that quickly took those two shots after Scotty was the one that came up with you know pretty much two big blocks at the end of the game there to kind of get us back into it. So, um, yeah. Sorry, I know I went a little bit off topic there. No, uh, that's okay, because you, like, like you're basically just analyzing what quickly has been bringing to the court so far. Right. And, yeah. and, and RJ. And we're only three games in, so there's not a whole lot to choose from. Yeah. <laughs> so no worries there. For me, and I, and I want to get your thoughts on this as well, right? Because I've been saying to Raptors fans, right? And this is my opinion, Raptors fans. Everybody's mm-hmm. entitled to their own opinion. I've been saying immediately after the, we made the trade, right? You started hearing reports immediately. The, uh, the Raptors are exploring trades for Pascal Siakam. These teams are interested. I think it was Golden State, uh, Sacramento, um, Dallas. There were some other teams that were included, right? I was saying to me personally, I'm like, don't be so quick to just trade Pascal right Mm -hmm. meaning we've just made this big trade on december 30th we are only january 6th i don't feel like we need to make that trade immediately i would like to see what this team looks like plus another big and then we somehow were able to find jante porter which i believe so far he's shown that he could be a smart player he can shoot the basketball from beyond the arc which we saw in the last game against sacramento he actually had a few big buckets for us. Um, and he plays the game a high IQ. And that is actually Michael Porter Jr.'s brother. Um, I, tried to tell somebody so, yesterday I tried to tell somebody that's his brother yesterday and they thought I was joking. No. Um, it's his brother. That's his brother. That's his I don't brother. Know if younger or older. I don't know who what it is, but it's his brother. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, the only thing for me is like, it's hard for me to trust a big that plays in a t shirt. You know what I'm saying, Doc? Like, I'm not sure if you need to, like, fill out or, like, what it is, but, like, you're in a T-shirt in the NBA. Guys, <laughs> yeah, cut it out, man. I love a T-shirt, fam, because he's played, he's played solid minutes. 
He is. He is. He is. He even hit a three last night. Hit two threes last night. Like, where did he quarter. come from? Where did he the, come from? The G League. So apparently there was like the showcase series, um, and I guess the Raptors scouted him and they signed him from the G League. Yeah. What is it? How big is he? What is he? Six ten? Six eleven? They have him listed as a center. So out there, he looks like he's probably around there, six ten. Right, he's, he's Dante, not a seven foot. Dante Porter, right? Yeah. I was like, I was pretty impressed. Like, I was like, who the hell is this kid? Where did he come from? You know what I mean, he's twenty four years old. Let's see. I don't even know if they have a wiki for him yet. Man, they got something uh, for him. Right. But he's two meters, two point eight meters. I'm listening to you. Sorry, meters. go ahead. I'm just pulling up. Yeah, I don't know why. How much is meters and like feet and inches, sir? I'm figuring it out right now. <laughs> one, no, no, I'm no. A carpenter, not a genius, buddy. <laughs> right? So, right. um, long story less long. I, I, I wanted to kind of see what this team looked like with Pascal fitting alongside Emmanuel quickly and R.J. Sure. Barrett and now Jante Porter. And so far, I feel like this team has looked pretty good. They don't look like they have everything in order yet, but like it's evident to me that this team just looks much better than anything that we've seen all season, even though the sample size is only three games. And I know we lost really? last night to Sacramento, but let's not act like the Raptors just played a bad game yesterday. Like I don't think that was the case, yo. Sacramento was on fire from three. Fire. They were. They were. My only disappointment with that game was Sacramento did everything they could possibly do to lose that game. And uh, then what do you mean they by did. that? Like we were we were down by 20, and Sacramento handed us that game on a platter and we couldn't fucking we couldn't capitalize. They really did. Sacramento really handed us that. They if I if I it's a game that I've watched the Raptors play a whole lot where you're up. And then in that fourth quarter, you just completely collapsed. And that's what happened with Sacramento. You did a nah. great job getting the bonus, the bonus out, you know, fouling him out. But they they just stopped shooting the ball. They stopped. There was a couple of knucklehead plays where there's I don't know if you remember, they're down by we're down by five, I think. And De'Aaron Fox makes this drive into traffic against a triple team and gets swatted off the backboard by Chris Boucher. Like, just knucklehead plays like that that they did. Sacramento didn't need to play. They were very efficient in the first three quarters. And that, that's what I mean when I say they handed the Raptors that game on a platter and the Raptors could not capitalize. I'm going to give the Raptors a little bit more credit than that, personally. Okay. Right? Um, De'Aaron Fox was doing that all game long, man. Coming down to court, getting lay-ins and ones all game long. I thought the Raptors did much better in their transition defense in that fourth quarter that were allowing to come up with some of those blocks and those help side blocks. Like there was one block where um, I believe it was Sabonis came down to court. He he made some space on, on, on Boucher and then Scotty Barnes just comes out of nowhere and blocks him from behind. Like we weren't yeah. seeing those types of plays in the second quarter and in the third quarter, right? Like the Raptors okay. were on fire in that third quarter right. and and for the game the kings were shooting the three really really well but it's hard to keep up like that type of pace when you're shooting the three over 50 percent for the entire game and it it was just you know inevitable that they were going to slow down just in terms of the percentage 
but they were yeah. still hitting some big threes in that fourth quarter where the Raptors were making their runs, and now all of a sudden it's back to 17 or back to 15 again. I didn't yeah. really see Sacramento handing the, handing us that game. I Ooh. see more so Toronto just really buckling down and, and stepping up um, yeah. defensively, and Emmanuel quickly had himself a really good fourth quarter as well. Yes, he did. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I can it can go either way for me, but I, I feel like you know we could have definitely stolen that game. I guess at the end of the game day, I'm saying we had a chance to get in there, and I, I'm not really trying to take anything away from Sacramento. I just think they had a little bit more of a collapse in the fourth quarter that I watched some knucklehead plays that I just didn't agree with from Sacramento. Yeah, I definitely hear you. Like the De'Aaron Fox play, that was definitely knucklehead, yo. Yeah, <laughs> there's no need to go grab Siakam like that down there on the baseline. Yeah, I didn't understand that either. Yeah, I don't understand that either. So, um, let's let's just run back a little bit because I think we 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 got yeah. My question to you in the in the the future. Yeah. So when I say future, right? So what I mean is we can max out Pascal Siakam in the off season if we need to, and he still becomes a tradable asset, right? Yeah. If teams are not going to going to um to give you or make you a good offer for pascal siakam i don't believe we should just trade him to trade him right eventually this is going to be scotty's team we know this but at the same time like we need to get proper value back for siakam and i'm not so sure that we're going to be able to turn that in at the trade deadline yeah i don't know i think a lot of teams are looking at it like we're in a little bit of a sticky situation here one, there's a couple questions that arise. Like you said, are we going to get value back for him, right? And then the second part is, yes, we can extend him for max money. Is he worth max money? Probably not. But at the same time, it's still an asset. <laughs> it's still it's an, an asset, asset. That, 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 that teams would be more inclined to trade for because he's already under contract versus you trade for Siakam this season and he has the ability to just walk at the end of the at the offseason right so it's a risk for the other team to bring siakam in which is why i believe that they'll offer us less money sorry uh less um yes i agree i i just don't know i think there's another like underlying value here that we don't talk about a lot and i think that underlying value is how fast do we give scotty the keys right it's really when i watch the raptors play especially in fourth quarters if you watch you'll see there's a lot of times where okay we're in a close game and you know Schroeder goes to inbound the ball or whoever's inbounding the ball and it'll be like dennis siakam and scotty all calling for the ball at the same time and quickly will kind of be there like well am i supposed to come get this ball or am i not supposed to come get this ball to bring it up right and I don't personally like Siaka bringing the ball up. I think he brings the ball up just based on the fact that he is the highest paid player on the court. You know what I mean? Like that's a pecking order kind of thing. He's not passing it. He's not necessarily a great playmaker, right? He's going to come down and you're probably going to get a shot. And you, in times past, we would have lived with that shot because he was the best player on our team. But I don't think that's... Uh, true any longer i don't think he's the best player on our team and i don't know if he's our best option in the fourth quarter or in a close game either i like him playing within the offense i don't know if i like pascal initiating the offense 
and it just screams volumes to me that we're still having that this that you know clearly we're having a conversation on the court as an organization as to who's taking this ball up and taking charge in the fourth quarter and nobody seems to know and i think darko's gonna have to really start to set that aside right now mm-hmm. um what i see from that actually like just based on this three game sample size that i'm seeing right now really the struggle to me is between scotty barnes and emmanuel quickly in terms of who's bringing up that ball in crunch time right like it almost seems like siakam's almost not even out there in in at least um in the case of of last night um bringing the ball up the floor like iq was bringing the ball up the floor i, I would say probably 90 percent of the time that he was out there and when we were down by when we were down by it was 130 it was 131 to 133. We were down yeah. by two. Who took that shot to tie the game? Um, well, we were down 130 to 133. Emmanuel quickly took a Emmanuel quickly took two threes late in that game. Okay, one maybe it that was that was like a pump fake type of thing off of the really? right wing, and I'm like, what is that about? Huh? He tried to draw a foul there. They didn't call it. Yeah, I understand what he was trying to do. It's just when it doesn't work, it just looks bad. You know what I'm saying? Yes, agreed, agreed. Um, and then the last shot, I don't even understand what that play was. Like, they gave the ball to quickly. I'm like, I'm okay with this so far. <laughs> okay, give the ball to quickly. I'm okay with mm-hmm. it. And then Schroeder, like, flashes up from, like, the low post and just, like, taps the defender on the side of the side of his hip or something. Didn't even, like, attempt to set the screen. Set screen or anything, yeah. Like, and then, like, quickly took two dribbles to the left, deep three. Like, to me, this comes back to coaching again, yo. And yeah, I think I Darko's do. been doing a pretty decent job as of late like this team looks different to me from the beginning of the season to now so like to be fair i see improvements with the coaching strategies but that was not his best moment yesterday from a coaching standpoint. no there, there wasn't um it, maybe it was it was before the quickly three but pascal siakam goes gets the ball and i'm pretty sure he brought it up he brought up the ball this is what i'm talking about him dennis schroeder and quickly come to get the ball Scotty Barnes doesn't come to get the ball. Uh, Pascal grabs the ball. They give it to him. He brings it up. He drives into the lane. Um, back to the basket play now at the top of the key there around the at the elbow. And then draws an offensive foul trying uh, to take a shoot. On Fox. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, I it, it's so reminiscent of some other plays. Right. And I'm like, this is where this is where to me the answer is gonna come of whether he's going to be here or not, right? Mm-hmm. At this point in time, you're going to have to understand, like, I don't think the fourth quarter is necessarily going to be your time unless you're seriously rolling, right? And he asked for that ball. He came in, like, give me the ball. You know what I'm saying? And that can't be the play that we get out of that at all, not in a close game. And right before that, prior to that, again, like I said, Big plays from Boucher, big plays from Scotty, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying that Pascal's like, don't get it twisted. I'm not saying that this guy's not a good player. You understand what I'm saying? But there's a thing in the NBA now where a lot of guys come in very talented, and I don't think that 
you know, guys spend as much time, you know, as much as they spend working on their game, I don't think they spend as much time working on counters. Like it seems to be a, a like a, a lost art almost in the, in the league. There's certain guys that'll work on counters and other guys just work on their talents and their skills. You know what I mean? But game breakdown and so on and so forth. And you're going to need that in those fourth quarters because we're, we're begging for a star. We don't have a fourth quarter dog yet. And I think that's why you get the disorganization of quickly taking that shot at the end because we tried it with you, Pascal. Now we're going to go to a different look. You know what I mean? And even, yeah. if, it was, even if it was a better look, I would have been happy. But to draw an offensive foul like that, it doesn't – it's just like, you know what I mean? Like we need to really decide what we're doing in the fourth quarters. And I think we're getting there. Maybe they're assessing the team. I'll say this. We made a trade and now we're developing. Mm-hmm. That, that's where I'm at right now. To keep peace of mind, we made a trade, we're developing, and we're going to see where these pieces go. And that's, that's as far as it goes. But if Pascal wants to be here in the future, I think some things are going to have to change in the pecking order when it comes to close games and who the guy is on the team. Yeah. Of course. Um, you used the word disorganization. I, I actually think that's a perfect way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for me, my expectations are that as a point guard, you want to be able to find who has the plus matchups, right? Siakam's yes. not a scrub. Siakam has Fox on him. As a point guard, you need to be able to communicate, yo, go get in the post. Go get in the post. You're getting the ball. And now you have a mismatch down below, right? And Fox was really, like, motivated on that play as well because that's coming off of the technical foul um, where him and Siakam got tied up underneath um, – underneath their basket and they call it technical foul um yeah. and i think some of that stuff will come with time in terms of understanding the point guard duties and that's not even just iq that's also scotty as well yo because i'm seeing him make some decisions out there i'm like bro what is up with that cross court pass like that like through the lane beer mans are there anyways i digress right when it comes yeah. down to that fourth quarter um I think you're 100% correct. Correct. We don't have like those dogs that you just say, yo, give me the ball. I'm going to go get it. I see IQ feeling like he can be that type of guy just based on the types of shots and drives that he made to the bucket down the stretch in the fourth quarter. He still needs some work in order to iron out those details of his game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then again, just the point guard situation, yo. It, if I see Siakam on Fox, okay, I'm telling you to get in the post, man. I would tell, like, in, like, YMCA ball, I would say that. It, like, at the Y. Like, yeah, I don't know if NBA players can't get that. But right. This is what I'm saying. I'm like, to me, my mistake, I, I can't put that on the point guard because he brought the ball up. Siakam went to the, there was, quickly was in the backcourt. Uh, fucking... Who else was there? Dennis was in the backcourt. Scotty looked at that situation and said, well, I'm not going to be there. It makes no sense for all of us to be there. And then he, Siakam was in the backcourt. Siakam's demanding the ball to go one-on-one in an ISO play, right? Like, you should know to get in the post. You're the highest yeah. paid player here. I will take mistakes from Scotty and quickly because I'm like, well, you're young. Quickly's trying to get comfortable. I'll take that mistake. I will take it for long. I think that was an atrocious shot that quickly took. But the one shot that bothered me the most was that Pascal Siakam shot because, I mean, the momentum is there. Yeah, it was and right there. And to get there. an offensive foul, it's a, that's just a turnover. It swings for four points. We all know that. 
You know what I mean? Like it didn't. It just didn't sit well with me. You're the you're the highest paid player. You're the guy, and you asked for it. You demanded the ball. It's a knucklehead play, just as bad as De'Aaron Fox's knucklehead play, right? And all I'm saying is that the only person's future here that's in question. We're not getting rid of quickly, so we're gonna live with his mistakes. We're not getting rid of. We're not getting rid of. Um, we're not getting rid of our Scotty. We're gonna live with his mistakes. You know what I mean? We're probably not even getting. Like, if, we, if we get rid of Schroeder, nobody cares because if we get rid of Schroeder, we know we're trying to get. We're just jostling pieces at this point to, to you know, make something work here, right? But you, you're on the line. You had great games. I'm not gonna lie. He's had great games. I've been calling for his head, and he's responded, right? But you're the guy that really needs to be. You're supposed to be the smartest guy in the court right now. You've been here. You know what we're about. You know what we're doing. You've seen every defense, and you claim to work on it. So if you're going to be here, I just need to see. I, I, that's why I think his, his, his future is in question here, right? You don't have to okay, think is, Your future is in question here. I'm just saying I think that's the reason. If anything, that we're going to look at this and be like, yeah, it's worth the move, right? And to my point, like I said, that's the part that adds value that we don't talk about. Yes, we have to get assets back. Yes, we have to understand that, you know, there's an extension here. But you're getting in the way of winning at this point if you're going to do those, if you're going to have those kind of plays. And it's not the – I'm calling this one out because I can remember it fresh, but it's not the first play that we've had where we're in a close game and he demands the ball and then we get – we come up with nothing. Right, like he's not a scrub, but he's also not an elite scorer. I think he's a great, he's a good scorer, maybe even great, but I don't, I don't know about elite. So it starts to become, you know, where are we going for these buckets in close games? Because we're a defensive team, and there's going to be a couple of those down the road, and especially in the playoffs, that's not going to fly. It's a, it's a momentum swing. It's a momentum killer. And I'd rather Scotty make those mess ups because, from what I can see, Scotty's a faster learner than Pascal Siakam at this point. So I'd rather have him taking charge of those, and I'll live and die with his mistakes rather than live and die with Pascal's mistakes for 171 or 35 million a year. Yeah, I agree with that. I do agree with that, right? Like, just for the fact that Barnes and Quickly are just younger than him and haven't seen as much as him and don't demand as much in terms of contract and all those types of things, right? We're going to live with. Yeah. the growing pains of our young players and i'm totally on board for that my thing though is like you have to take the good with the bad with siakam with, like with any player as well right because we've also seen siakam get that ball in certain situations and go and get us a bucket as well right so like it happens with all nba players sometimes you score sometimes you don't sometimes you make a mistake sometimes you don't right if you're always making a mistake, like Jalen McDaniels, for example, then yo, we're gonna be on you. McDaniels, yeah, he's up, bro. No, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Yo, any trade we make, if we're sending Pascal away, please send this guy with him, yo. Please, wow, like respectfully. I just do not like his wow. game, bro. I do not like his game. He doesn't look like he's like he looks like he's scared out there. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, why are you looking jittery out there on the court? I just don't get it. Anyways, with the whole Pascal Siakam, I, <laughs> I just don't want. Um, I just don't want us to be a situation Nothing. where we're literally getting a Vince Carter type return, where there's a buyout player 
two scrubs and two second round picks. Like, you know what I'm saying? If I have to endure that type of trade, then I would much rather go and sign him in the offseason to whatever bag he needs and then use that as another tradable asset down the road. I understand how that could impact the growing pains of some of the younger players, but we also need to think like it's going to be much more difficult to build around Scotty Barnes and Emmanuel quickly without our first round pick this year and no assets. No, like I, I get it. I just want to know how long you're willing to stunt that growth, right? Because right now I, I can clearly see it stunting the growth. I can, if anybody can't see that, I don't know what to say. But there's clearly a stunt, and Pascal's at the at the center of it. I'm sorry. But so I want to rid see. of almost everything else. No, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you, you, you continue. Sorry. No, I just they've gotten rid of everything else that was in the Scotty's way. And every time they get rid of another piece for Scotty, you know, Scotty has been taking on the all the defensive assignments. I don't think he's been terrible. We got rid of OG. We got rid of uh we got rid of uh Fred Van Fleet or with that Fred Van Fleet walk, and Scotty is now taking over the point guard duties, and I don't think he's been terrible either. I mean, by next year, I think if he plays these 82 games, by next year, I expect him to be a solid, you know, solid at running the team. I don't think it'll be a problem. The only time that we have a problem right now is that we can't have the, the both of them will have like 20, but I can clearly see Scotty taking a backseat to Seattle. And I just don't know if I'm enjoying that basketball. There's, I, I pull my hair out, all of it, right? Yeah watching this guy come up the court and take some of these shots when I'm like, man, why why does it have to be? Why are we still playing this brand of basketball where Siakam comes up the court from the inbounds pass, comes all the way down the court and takes a shot without moving the ball once? Why is that acceptable? It's not acceptable. Why is that acceptable? Exactly. So where where is that worth the money? And how long are we going to watch that get in the way? I just want to know. As long as the coach allows that to happen. Like, I don't understand why there's not clear roles defined on this team, yo. Why? Why is there not I clear roles defined? Huh? Yeah, because I don't think Darko is – you know what? Yes, Darko has been better with better pieces around him. Congratulations. You know what I mean? We upgraded you from now you can drive faster because – not because, yo, you learned to drive faster. You, drive, you can drive faster now because I gave you a Mercedes instead of a flipping Honda. Right, I gave you two players that can go a lot faster than the one player that you got rid of. Yeah. So offense is going to look better. Yeah. Right. But are you doing a way better coaching job? I don't know. I don't know. I just gave you better pieces. I gave you a more balanced team. Right. But for at no point, if we played, we played basketball in high school. When you leave, when you leave the bench. Okay. What is it? Plowman would be like, Coach Plowman would be like, yo, this is what's happening. You go get the ball, and this is coming to you. Now, there are certain players, once that ball gets down the court, we can, we know that there's players that can get down and, and whatever. But our offense is supposed to look this way from the inbounds. If me, you, and Z, and Tom are all begging for the inbounds, he's going to call a timeout, and somebody's going to sit on that bench. And I've seen it happen not once, not twice. It's been multiple times. It happens in the middle of games. And you know what happens that's bothering me the most is when it's time for hero ball. Like the end of quarters. Now you want to – everybody wants to get the ball and and pad up their stats. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it's, I don't think that that's the way that we go. You know what I mean? I, I just think that Darko needs to do a better job. So, you know, he's still an F for me, my friend. Damn. Well, I mean, no disagreements in terms of, you know, the coaching effort. I'm not going to give my F. <laughs> I don't give my F. <laughs> but at the yeah, same time, again, certain things as like a coach, like you like you said it all, man. Like you got to clearly define those roles. And, you know, if Pascal Siakam is going to get traded for 30 cents on the dollar just because Coach Darko doesn't know how to define the roles on the team, like – I don't feel like that is like beneficial to our program and to our franchise, yo. But Darko's not going anywhere this year, so you know there's going to be a decision that needs to be made. But I want to just move on sure. here for a second and ask you about another. Player. Okay. Okay. Yes. This guy didn't play last night. Okay, he had a strained right. or a bruised quadricep muscle, and he didn't play last night. Gary Trent Jr. Um, right. Believe it or not, I thought that we missed him last night because then that thrust Jalen McDaniels into a role yesterday. And, like, <laughs> real talk, yo, real talk. And like, and, like, one reason why I agree with you that changes still need to be happening this year is because we have we still don't have enough depth, yo. Like, we missed right. one or two guys. Like, we've been healthy all season long. I'll keep knocking on wood for that. But you miss one or two guys, and then all of a sudden things just change when you need to go deep yeah. into your rotation, all right? So yeah, Gary Trent Jr. didn't play last night. Um, this is another yeah. player that is coming to the end of his contract this offseason. Yes. Um, yes. There are teams around the league that could use a Gary Trent Jr. just based on his historical ability to fill it up in bunches whenever he gets hot. Um, yes, do you I see do. this as a player that could be – that should stay on this um, roster this season and um, we just work with them in the off season or what do you think we should do with them? Uh, I don't really care. I, I just, just as long as we get something for him, I don't know that he moves the needle a whole lot. I can see where you're like, we don't have that. We can have him instead of uh, Jalen McDaniels. Like I, I understand that, like how it helped us last night. I can, I can agree with that, that sentiment, but like, I don't know, man. He's a, uh, I'm not sure what's going on with Gary Trent. And my problem with Gary Trent is that you've been here for three years and it's been a steady decline, right? And I don't know that you deserve to be a starter. Like, you know what I mean? As, as, as he, even though he plays much better as a starter, I just don't know that you deserve to be one. Like, you know, what is it, what is it outside of the shooting that you're giving me? I guess there's a little bit of defense there, yeah, you know defense. what I'm saying? But like, is it deep? Is it like defense that we're? It's, it's not the defense have has been on the decline as far as I'm concerned in his years since he got here as well. And maybe that's an unsteady role or whichever. But I also think I, I do think he's a professional. But I just think that I don't see enough evolution in his game to necessarily care if he's going to be here or not. He's he's a very movable piece to me. Yeah, it's almost cannon fodder at this point. I do agree with you as well. I, I I think that's a player that um, I don't see any way how he's with this roster after the February trade deadline. And I'm a type of guy, I've been kind of like, you know, I kind of like him as a player, like his upside when we were talking about him a 
couple of years back up to now, but I've never really yeah. seen like any changes from him, right? Like the one thing that we need to see from him, like if you're going to be a shooter, we need to see it with more consistency, man. And like this guy yes. is Dow Jones, dog, straight up and down. And you just never know what you're getting from him from night to night. Um, although I, I do feel like we really could have used him yesterday, man. We really could have used him yesterday because yeah. that was a game where the Raptors, I thought, shot the three pretty decently at times. But guys were getting open looks. I would have been okay with him right. taking some of those. Yeah. I mean, to be fair to Gary Trent, you know what I mean? And I don't usually do this, you know, especially on this show. But to be fair to him, he's had a lot of inconsistency in his tenure with the Raptors, right, as to what his role is going to be. And with shooters, you want to give them some rhythm. I think what where the Raptors lose on this is that I think they were hoping that Grady Dick would be something that he hasn't turned out to be yet. Facts. Right? If, if Grady Dick was more consistent or even showed flashes, you'd be more inclined to quickly get rid of Gary Trent Jr. But it leaves a huge gap in shooting if we do move him, and we have to get a shooter back, and it's hard to get that value for him right now with the way that he's playing. Yeah. So, like, guys like Struess, right? Guys like Max Struess. What's the other guy's name? Um, He's on Miami still, I think. Duncan Robinson? Even Duncan Robinson. There's another cat, too. Uh, maybe he plays for uh, George Niang, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, these guys yeah, are but... knockdown shooters. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're knockdown shooters. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even think, like, if I told you I wanted Kevin Love for Gary Trent Jr., Miami would look at me like I'm crazy. Why? You know what I mean? Why would they look at you Just that can't way? Do they, I don't. If I if I say I want straight up Gary Trent Jr. for, for let's let's just imagine the money works, right? And I say I want Jerry, Gary Trent Jr. for Kevin Love. Kevin Love just makes a lot of the the basketball IQ alone is a is an offset, right? Like he's a guy that's going to be able to move the ball. He's going to make smart plays. He's a good vet in the locker room. You know what I mean? He's he he can rebound. He's a he's a little bit taller. You can throw him in there against a five with the bench, like, he's a vet. Like, again, he's a vet. Like, I just don't think the only thing that you're winning with Gary Trent Jr. is that he's younger, right? But the skill set, I, I just don't – he's not – Gary Trent is not striking me as a complete basketball player. Where I'm watching guys like Max Struess, and I'm like, he gets ran off the line. He's making a play to go to the bucket. And a, a not a bad play either. You know what I mean? Aggressive, looks confident doing it. The footwork's there. Finishing at the rim at a, at a decent clip. You know what I mean? And still defending. Right, I I just not seeing all I'm seeing from Gary Trent Jr. is that, well, if you don't if he doesn't make shots, what else is he doing? Are you are you talking to me about his defense? Are you talking to me about his rebounding? No, you're not, because he isn't doing those things. Well, there's a role. Those are not things that you need to have your hand to do. There's a role for like players like that in in the league. You know, I mean, like he could be a specialist. Yeah, he could be a specialist on a team. Duncan Robinson had to get better, bro. True, 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 true. Like, I agree with you. And, like, you were probably one of the first to say this. Like, yo, you didn't like how Gary Trent Jr. goes to the basket and those types of things, right? And you're, like, spot on with that, too. Like, but at the end of the day, if that's not his game and he literally just becomes a specialist in the league and he just fills it up, 
he could play 20 years in the league. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like Miami's the type of franchise that'll nurture that and they will develop it and make it work. So I don't know if Miami well, was the best example. <laughs> Sorry. Huh? Sorry. Go ahead. What'd you say? I don't know if uh, Miami was the best example for that, but I, I want to digress just for a little bit because you called that uh, okay, Grady cool. Dick in this conversation also, okay? So he's down okay. in the Raptors 905. I didn't I didn't watch the game yesterday or a couple days ago, but I'm just looking at the stats, okay? So if anyone that's viewing right now saw the game, let me know down below how it actually looked. But I'm just going to go through this stat line just really quickly, okay? So Gray Dick oh. played 35 minutes. He shot 7 yeah. of 14 from the floor, okay? That's 50%. Mm-hmm. But from three-point range, he was 1 for 7. That's deflating, guy. That's deflating okay. for me. Like, you know. It is. <sighs> I'm not sure how he got those other six baskets or whatever. They could have just been like fast breaks, layups, or maybe they're running him off the line and he was making plays like Struess or, or, or whatever, right? But his superpower is supposed to be to shoot the three, yo. One for seven in the G League. What's happening with Grady, fam? So I have a theory, right? And I think maybe the Raptors have gotten into a little bit of a cookie-cutter um like kind of a cookie cutter uh response to like how they develop their stars right where a lot of the times raptors would be an organization that thought outside the box which is i think what got them the g league and the g league worked out for certain types of players especially when you have a guy like fred down there like we understand like fred is a is a different mentality right like fred is a dog period you know what i mean it doesn't matter where you put him he's gonna ball he doesn't really flinch at stuff and he wasn't even supposed to be there so it doesn't matter I don't know if the G League is a place for a guy like Grady Dick, right? Like, he's a lottery pick, and I think maybe, maybe what the Raptors might benefit from is you just got to fucking, again, live and die with, you know, your young picks. You got to show some trust in them. And I'm thinking that maybe Grady's not feeling the trust from the organization. He feels like he's on the rocks. And sticking him in the G League, right now you're looking, well, a lot of us looking at Grady Dick like, you could be out of here next year. If we can move you, you know what I mean. And I think with like the team is not if the team was if the team was winning at a high clip without Grady Dick, I understand, right? But the, your message to Grady Dick is like, we suck, but we're still way better without you here. Get me? And I think maybe they need to maybe just pull him back up into the fold and have him around the other guys, and let him work through his shooting on the team. The team is not. We're not going to a championship right now. It's okay to have these guys, you know, have some growing pains right now. Just bring him back up to the to the league. I, I think that would should that would do a, a bunch for his confidence. And you know, maybe he gets a couple stints in the G League. Like if you, I also think that they they move Fred back and forth a lot more. You know what I'm saying? Like Fred would play in the G League, then play that night. You know what I mean? Where Grady Dick is not even around the team half the time and i i think that's where i think that's if i was to handle him as the sports psychologist that i am i would bring him back up to the to the regular team and have him around the team a lot more i think it'll do it'll do wonders for his confidence yeah i think i think you're spot on with that also like 
I was actually even calling for him to just be just thrusted into the starting lineup at one point. Like prior to us making this trade for IQ and, and RJ Barry, I was I was saying that. But nevertheless, like he should be with the team, man. He should be with the team. Like yeah. I understand what the Raptors are trying to do, right? And maybe this works for him, maybe it doesn't. Basically, what they're saying is that not that we're better without you, even though we're losing and developing and stuff. I don't think that is necessarily mm. the message. If that's how it's being received to Grady, that's another whole thing. But I think like yeah. the message is more so like um, we don't really have minutes for you right now. So we want you to go and get minutes and being able to just get some rhythm to your game. And once we make these trades now um, in the second half of the season, January, February, Grady Dick's going to be with the big squad. Right. So by then, hopefully, maybe some minutes will open up for him and then he'll be able to come in and play for the Raptors. But um, I think that is what they're trying to say. Oh. But I agree with you. I, I still think he should be with us. So yeah, I, you sorry, it's if, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. Yours, yours. I was just going to say, um, so I, I think the Raptors have some decisions to make just in terms of the front office, because this was just a lot of a front office conversation. I think you and I are both saying that IQ and Scotty Barnes is the future. We listened to Masai and he basically said it as well. Um, I think where we start to divide is on, you know, the impact to the team with Pascal Siakam being here in the short term, this season, maybe early next season versus just getting him gone for the second half of the season right and we'll see what the front office thinks about that as well depending on what trades come across the table that'll be interesting to see hopefully in the next few weeks because i think trade deadline is only like four weeks away fam <laughs> it's real close it's not february, far i think it's february the 8th also i'd like to i think i was mistaken on how long it would take them to extend i think they still have time to extend siakam i think last episode i said that they uh, had to extend the my I, I believe I was incorrect, so I just wanted to acknowledge that for our viewers out there. That's my bad. Um, do you have the correct date? I, I'll have to do something. Huh? Do you have the actual um, date? I haven't been able to find it yet, but I also can't say that I've looked. Uh, to extend we can... Pascal. Yeah, so while he's looking that up, um, just to finish off the point, there's also Gary Trent Jr., who we all know his contract is coming up. There'll need to be some decisions that need to be made around that. And Grady Dick, right? I think we're all feeling a little bit, um, we're all feeling like we had higher hopes for him so far to start the season, and it hasn't worked out in his best favor or ours. Maybe um, at some point in the second half of the season, we'll be able to see more Grady Dick and be able to develop that confidence in his shot. Um, I'm certainly looking forward to that. And for any of the fans out there that feel like, because can I, you kind of mentioned that as well. I'm not sure if you heard people talking this way, but if people want to get rid of Grady Dick so early without even seeing what he can do, I mean, it depends on what pieces are coming back, right? Like I'm not just trading him for like a second round pick, y'all. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not just giving up on Grady that easily, yo. And if there's people yeah, out there that have, I a, sorry, go ahead. 
No, no, I agree. I agree. Sorry, sorry. I'm interrupting. I'm getting a little excited here. But go ahead. No, no, no worries. Let, 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 um, yeah, if, if anybody feels any differently about Grady Dick, please put it in the comments down below so that we can have a discussion about it. And um, yeah, this team is continuing out on their road trip. We lost to Sacramento last night in a hard battle, lost by five. However, there was two pretty good games prior to that that we did win. Um, so there was some optimism there. But the next game, I believe, is against Golden State tomorrow, can I? Yeah, I, I believe so. We, so should, we, we should be able to, to – that should be a good game for us to try and get back on track. Golden State is struggling, you know what I mean? Um, it's also a potential trade partner with us, so it will be a good look for us to get a good look at some of the guys and the assets that they have if, if the Raptors do decide to go down that, that, uh, that rabbit hole. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be keeping an eye on uh, Kaminga, Moses Moody. There was some conversation that they may be a little unhappy over there with Steve Kerr, so <laughs> very possible. <laughs> huh? I do want to say this to Raptors fans because I, I sometimes I get really, really agitated talking to Raptors fans. I don't think a lot of them were here before what's about. That could be me tooting my own horn, but – Take a look at Golden State and understand how hard it is to keep a championship team rolling, how hard it is to keep guys engaged, to keep a core together. Like, you look at Golden State, and guys are complaining about their role next to Steph Curry. Mm. You know what I mean? And complaining about a, cho a coach that's won multiple championships. You know what I mean? With with that team. It's a team that I can't even say that the dynasty is over. We had that conversation earlier on the podcast we can't even really say that their dynasty is over. Like they've had to almost literally implode to get to where they are right now. And it speaks to the difficulty of winning in the NBA league. So when Raptors fans want to get rid of the Grady Dick, take this as a learning moment, look at organizations around and realize that this is still a top tier organization. I'm not calling for guys heads because I think that they're scrubs or they're not good. I'm not giving out F's because I'm trying to be funny or whichever. I understand that there's an expectation. We are in the precipice of developing a team, right? A lot of people are asking for championship moves. It's not going to happen right now. Understand where we are as, as an organization. Educate yourself as a basketball fan, you know, as to what these players go through. And, and be fair when you're making these assumptions. Let's be an educated fan base. Sorry, that was just like a rant because I sometimes talk to people and it's frustrating to have to like baby feed or you know spoon feed guys basketball knowledge so that they can get on the same fucking page and understand what basketball is and why things are happening anyways there you have it <laughs> <laughs> nah man um you know you, you you definitely said a lot of good things in there i mean um yeah you know take it for what it is y'all i mean everybody has their own opinion it is what it is but at the end of the day, I think we all want the same thing. We want this team to be successful. We want this team to play hard, make us proud when they're out there on the court. And we want this team to develop and get back to where they were in 2019. Now, um, whether that happens overnight, not in Toronto. <laughs> not in Toronto. Not. We this ain't the Lakers, man. We don't we don't make, you know, trades for superstars and those types of things on the regular and switch up our roster. So, you know, 
let's see what yeah. this team got. And the front office, they have some work ahead of them as well. So I think we're going to close this off, man. Um, as always, I appreciate you coming on the show, my guy. And um, for anyone that made it to the end of this video. We appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. And if you are not subbed, please sub up, like, share, subscribe. And check us out on other streaming platforms if you just prefer to hear the audio. We are on iTunes, Spotify, etc. And yeah, Raptors gonna go back and get on the right track tomorrow on the road trip. Let's make it two and one on this road trip. Next up, Golden State. It's not gonna be an easy one, but at the end of the day, they are also struggling. Let's go, let's go, let's go yeah. get a dub, man. Let's go get a dub. All right. Say what? So damn straight. Yes, sir. All right, man. So until next time, you know the flex. It's me, guy, and Kanai, and Kanai, and we're out. <laughs> Bow. Peace.